all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California. This is Kings in the North podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings in the North podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. On this episode of the Sat Kings in the North podcast, we'll be looking at our division, looking at all the teams and breaking them down, as well as covering some team news in the last few weeks, going into the breakdown of this first week of the preseason, and finishing with the 10 questions to define the season. Just our questions about the team and the direction they're headed that we've kind of come up with in the last few days. To start us off, though, we're going to stick with that division breakdown. Going from in reverse order of the record, uh, let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Last year, they did not do very well getting the first overall pick at a 21-61 and record. With the, overall pick, the first overall pick, they drafted DeAndre Ayton out of Arizona, who, very similarly to Marvin Bagley, our second overall pick, is a very athletic and modern center, really good rim runner. But the big question there is, will he be able to expand his game? He really complements Devin Booker nicely, as Devin Booker's a great perimeter threat as well as a good driving threat. Really good pick-and-roll partner there. Uh, the question is, though, is that team even in a place to maybe gun for an eight seed? They're struggling to really develop this youth that they have all the talent and moving forward it'll be interesting to see where they land definitely a team that the kings could beat but again very similar in the path of the kings where they're a lot of young guys and trying to develop these young players is always a tough task another key addition is trevor ariza from the houston rockets signed him during the offseason um a big loss for the rockets and Honestly, kind of a weird signing. Doesn't really line up with the timetable of these young guys, but it is a good veteran presence to have. Just like as far as the Suns, I think, you know, everyone's talking about this Kobe Shaq 2.0. I don't really see that panning out. I, get, I mean, I wasn't ever the biggest fan of DeAndre Ayton. I, I, I always said if the, you know, the Kings had the first pick, I would, I would have passed up on him. Um, I think Devin Booker is going to make him look, you know, like a, a stellar pick just because, you know, he's a star in the ma- – I mean, he's already a star, but he's a, you know, Hall of Famer in the making, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess moving moving on to the Lakers, which uh, is kind of the white elephant in the room, they added the greatest player of all time. But Debatable yeah, now that he's gone to the Lakers, though. That's true. It's like – it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you watch it and, you, you know, you want to be a part of it for like the historical sense but I mean at the end of the day the Lakers are going to do pretty well so that's kind of frustrating um last year they came in uh 11th in the conference at 35 and 47 it's like I think it's Newton's fourth law that any team with LeBron wins 50 games so they I'm I'm gonna put them just above that I'm gonna say no more than 55 but I'm, I'm gonna you know between 50 and 55 um the Lakers are interesting to me because they're just, they're one of those, I mean, at least now, they're one of those teams with 
I mean, I guess kind of like the Kings, there's a lot of parts. I have no idea how they're going to work together. I mean, you got, it's coming out the, the big baller. Lonzo is, is going to come off the bench. I don't know how that's going to work with the chemistry of the team. Is, and obviously LeVar, what, what the hell he's going to have to say about it. But I don't know. I think they added a lot of pieces that could work towards an NBA championship. Obviously, with the, you know, the current state of the league, it's not looking like they're going to they're going to win it, but I, I think they'll make they'll make a good run. Def, def, I'm, I'm going to put them in, for sure in the playoffs, where like a lot of initial polls did not have them in the playoffs, and I, I just think that's kind of yeah. I could def, definitely could see them in a middle seed. Yeah, somewhere from the three to the six, somewhere in mm-hmm. that range. Yeah, I'd, I'd put them higher. I'd put them at the three. I mean, yeah. Moving to the other LA team, the. Uh, Little brother, um, the Clippers. This is the the first full season after their complete overhaul. They finished the year. I mean, they had some solid talent, so they they finished the year above five hundred last year at forty two and forty. I'm not. I'm not. You know, they're not gonna. Obviously, they're not gonna do that. They're not gonna go over five hundred. The only, I mean, true baller they got right now is like Lou Williams and. I don't know. He's, he's going to have to, you know, log a lot more minutes than he's normally accustomed to to will that team to 30 wins. Um, yeah, definitely a team that's looking like they're on pace for a big rebuild. Yeah. Maybe they can trade Doc Rivers for some picks. Yeah, round round two of Doc Rivers being traded. It, it'll be interesting. They're, they're definitely moving to that youth movement, and they're choosing a good time to do it mm-hmm. with uh, the, the way the West is shaping up. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean – I've always said if you're if you're not gonna win a title if you're not gonna compete for a title why win for like like they did last year why win forty two games I mean they missed the playoffs but even like say you you know you're in the East you win forty two games or whatever why get knocked out in the first round I guess it you know you get a couple extra games in to sell tickets and merchandise and the fans are happy but I mean it's not like they've had some recent success so I w- I mean I. I, I, I'm kind of a fan of the complete overhaul. It wasn't working, and they weren't. that team wasn't going to do anything in the playoffs. It's proven that for the past yeah, half I mean, they, a decade. They never made it past the second round. Chris Paul is a great player. Blake Griffin, at times, can be a great player. DeAndre Jordan's an excellent rim runner, but that team was never going to go anywhere. And once Chris Paul left, it was just like being held on by the tape of Lou Will 40-point games. And without a doubt, it was just not looking good for any of the teams. Yeah, one of those teams where, I mean, I think I think the Kings will, will kind of, I mean, obviously they always kind of fare well against those, those type of teams, but... Definitely a team that uh, the Kings do well against constantly. Well, so we'll, we'll see how... Uh, it's one of How the, the year shapes yeah, up. It's one of those things where, like, you know, we play up to the competition and then we play down to the competition. And a team like the Clippers, I think, there's, you know, there's always some animosity. It's still an LA team, still a divisional team. Um, I could see us, you know, playing pretty well against them at home, on the road. You know, you never know what you're going to get with this team. So, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's irrelevant in the sense that. Neither of these teams are making the playoffs. Correct. And unlike either of the Kings or the Clippers, now we have the Golden State Warriors. 
notable addiction, <laughs> notable addition this year uh, is Benedict Cousins. Not cool. Definitely a real low point in NBA history. We thought KD was a snake, and Demarcus. But, but wait, there's yeah, more. But wait, there's more. Demarcus Cousin tweets about the snake in the grass, but he's the snake in the grass. Really not cool move. Uh, aside from that, really a quiet offseason. You had Steph golfing amateurly, really amateurly in that second round. You had more China Clay, and you had KD being a little whiny baby, little crybaby all summer. And that's about it. They're obviously on pace to win the NBA championship, maybe go 16 and 0 in the finals. Yeah, that, that was a question I was going to ask you. What do you think what do you think their playoff record is about? I mean, can they can they do 16 and 0? Is that even possible? I mean, if this is the biggest thing with them, they always have one to two players at least injured for March and April. Like I mean, like last season you had Steph with the knee KD with the ribs, Clay was injured for a while. Draymond was injured. Can't forget and Iguodala. Iguodala was injured for a lot of the playoffs. If that continues again, they're definitely not going sixteen and zero. Um, if Boog's not at a hundred percent, even if he comes back at pretty like at seventy five percent, they could possibly do it if everybody else is healthy. But the big question is, do they even want to? I could see them wanting to do the 16 and 0 for the playoffs, but not not for the rest of the season. I don't think they'll do another 72 or 73 and 9 or try to break that record again even though it has that big asterisk next to it by losing the the championship 3-1 lead. So, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do in the playoffs and even in the regular season. Their depth is still a thing of question, but um I mean, no one can deny that they're the best team in the league. So quickly, before we move on to our next segment, uh, some notable big transactions from across the league. You have Kawhi Leonard going from San Antonio to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan. Really big move here in Canada. Everybody was distraught. Uh, Additionally, you have Jimmy Butler trying to force his way out of Minnesota. That's not looking too hot, but the Kings are in the hunt for a pick out of that deal as a third team, either from Houston or from Minnesota or from both. Um, which is which is obviously huge because we don't have the rights to our pick. So Yeah, I mean, even if it's a mid-first-round pick, it's a lot better than nothing. And with this draft being one of the deeper drafts in a while, it'll be really, really, really key to the future. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to get Zion Williamson out there. Yeah, dude, that'd be tight. Everything else that's really happened has been pretty incidental. Now moving on, we have our news segment, King's News. Our top story tonight, Bogdan Bogdanovich's knee. Uh, Bogey had arthroscopic knee surgery to correct a similar injury sustained last April. This was a slight tear of the medial meniscus. This previous injury kept him out of summer league. Um, This new injury uh, isn't considered as serious. He should be out four to six weeks, but uh, there's no way we'll see him during the preseason, which is you know kind of sad because I love watching the guy play. Personally, I wouldn't want him to rush back. I wouldn't want you know to to push for the four weeks 
just to make opening night, you know, as a kind of like a, a stunt or well, whatever. Even even if he rushes back, there's no reason to. We're not contending. We're not going to hit an eight seed this year. Why? Well, no, that, I mean, I agree. Why risk the future? I agree. That's what I'm saying. I was I was thinking more of, you know, the selling tickets. Selling tickets on opening night. You want all your all your best players out there. I I wouldn't be surprised if he sits till November, draw it out six, maybe even seven weeks. I don't see it as a season-altering um, story. I think it's going to be, you know, tough without his his presence in the first couple weeks. But you know, again, we'll 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 get him back. It'll be better than ever. We you know we can rebuild and we have the technology. Uh, in happy trails, we say goodbye to Deontay Davis. Really, a great player for us for the. Three weeks, maybe yeah. four, Und- he was a part of the team. Undefeated. with Really great. Davis on, Didn't on play in squad. Summer League with us. Played against us, actually. True. And then got in the trade. Didn't make it to the start of training camp. So, see you later. One of those, uh, yeah, one of those it's a business kind of deals. Um, in, uh, in other news, it's deja vu all over again. As GQ Dave says, Ben McElmore is a standout. During King's camp. God, I hope not. Yeah, this is one of those things where the guy's previous body of work is really like, you know, working against him. If if Ben McElmore came out and averaged 25 points the first month, I, you know, nothing tells me he could do that again. And I just don't think, well, I mean, he's not going to average 25 in the first yeah, month. Ho- so that. Yeah, there's no way. But it's just one of those things where I, I think we were just, you know, we're settling for mediocrity and I think every other player on the team I mean you know legitimate numbers or minutes player has a chance to really work on their craft and get better and and you know go somewhere but with Ben McElmore it's 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 not there and I'm I'm done with yeah him. I'm really <laughs> fed up with his uh his game he's Entering his, what, fifth season in the league? Yeah, it's about to be his sixth season in the league. And he's just regressed the last few years from a pretty low point his sophomore season. Yeah, this is also like, if we're, you know, if it's if the coaching staff is splitting hairs over minutes and it, it ends up going to Ben McElmore, I think that's... That's like it's that's just, really a mistake. It I, is. It's. I'd terrible. honestly rather have Justin Jackson out there, even how as inconsistent he is, because just having minutes is going to make him better and probably more consistent. All right. Well, enough for ragging on the guy. I mean, he's he's trash. But and right. our last piece of team news, representing our beautiful red, white, and blue, Frank Mason went out for us and scored 16 points and had eight assists. And a big win for Team USA in this World Cup qualifying. Yeah, this is a watered down Team USA for sure. None of the none of the huge names we played. This is like a lot of backup names, honestly. Yeah, I mean Frank, what he lead the team with sixteen, so pretty solid. Yeah, pretty solid performance. Um, we played Uruguay, not the traditional powerhouse. Really but, blew him out by about fifty points. But yeah, we're looking for that. I mean, we're gonna we're looking for the uh, the spot, basically secured the spot in the twenty nineteen. FIBA World Cup in China. Um, yeah, I think good for Frank. The dude, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get with the Kings. So I mean, Yeah, especially with the new signing 
of the point guard. It'll be interesting if he gets more minutes. He played well in his minutes last year, but again, another player that's super inconsistent. Don't know how much more he'll progress and if he'll get actually much better. Plus, he has that Carter curse, dude. Correct, dude. Shout out the to Young the, Money Curse. Hashtag the, Carter Five. Yeah, Carter Five. Great. You know, take a listen. We're we're not sponsored. If Lil Wayne wants to sponsor, our I'd podcast, love it. Yeah, hit us up, Weezy. Oh, always been a huge fan. He blocks hot. So if if that's still a thing, he might be gone at the end of the season. I mean, I don't think he'll be gone, but I just don't think he'd be one of those you know last man, uh, yeah. you know next man, Definitely. by committee kind of mentality. A couple high fives here and there. Yeah. Um. All right, let's uh, move it on to the this week's breakdown. It's the divisional preseason week where we pretty, got pretty big slate of games. Honestly, yeah, we got three games against three divisional opponents, three divisional rivals. Um, we got October first, Monday, the first preseason game. We're taking on the Phoenix Suns at Talking Sick Resort and Casino Arena. What a name! Almost <laughs> as bad as Power Bounce Pavilion, but I don't not quite Smoothie yeah. King Center. Though. That's true. Um, one thing I, I gotta say about this is the Kings always show out in Phoenix. Um, from personal experience, being a, an away fan in Phoenix is insanely fun because the Suns fans, you know, they're they're a pretty good group. They're really into the team, um, even when they're terrible, and it's just fun to get out there and get loud. I've been to a couple couple games as a Kings fan in in Phoenix. Never seen a loss, a Kings loss there, so that's that's always fun. One one story I would just like to relate. This is this is a trigger warning. This is a Demarcus Cousins story. We were sitting we were sitting real close. Some of the best seats I've ever had, actually. Did you buy those tickets or did you just sneak up later? I don't actually. Well, I don't probably remember. the sneak. Yeah. Knowing you. Either way, we were up there, and this guy's dogging on Demarcus the whole game. This fan. You know, yelling at him, cry baby, blah blah blah. You know, all this, all this chatter, all the chirping, and Demarcus, he had like a pretty solid half, like you know, fifteen or seventeen. Um, but but we're right by the tunnel to the locker room, and so the dude's yelling and yelling, and I, Demarcus is at the line and he's saying something, and then the half ends, and Demarcus just looks at him as he's walking into the tunnel and yells, "Your hair sucks." And this dude with, like, the straight Guido haircut, like, did not talk the rest of the night. It was just, like, one of those things where you, like, you, you know, when DeMarcus is on your team, it's hilarious. But now that he's a traitor, it's just, like, he might be yelling at me, my hair suck. Yeah, he's going to be yelling to Vladi, your breath suck. Yeah. So, not not cool anymore. Either uh, way. But I'm, great story, nonetheless. Yeah, either way. One of those things where, you know, you, you'll never forget it. And I think... I'm, I'm going to predict a win versus the Suns. I think we're about to come out and show out. Yeah, I mean, it is preseason. Hopefully, everybody gets about 20 minutes. Nice little run-in. But, I, I mean, the biggest storyline everybody's going to be paying attention to is DeAndre versus Marvin. The big bag versus Aiton. We'll see. Big bag, dude. Big bag. Got to Got to get the bag. Anyway... Uh, it'll be a really interesting game. Good matchup. Loved. Can't wait to see our boys back on that court. Buddy Love working on his body. God, can't wait. I know. Gonna get a nice little tweet from Bogdan. Both 
De'Aaron and Buddy, new kids on the block. Yeah, so, congratulations cool. to them on those first children. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically it for that game. All right, coming up on uh, Thursday, October fourth, on the first night of a back-to-back, your Sacramento Kings are at Staples Center taking on the Lakers. Now, obviously, this is a huge matchup. This is uh, was NBA TV, NBA TV, NBA TV matchup. Um, so we're fixing to see LeBron. Obviously, you know what what the fans want. Probably a solid fifteen minutes. Like he's you know he's 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 gonna play. I don't know how much. It's it's gonna be kind of like personally, it's gonna be a little disgusting to watch this game. But well, any anytime you see that banana yellow, real gross. Get kind of sick in the stomach. I know. Yeah. Not good. A, a twenty a twenty three LeBron James Lakers jersey might be worth burning. Actually. Yeah, I might might have to cover your cover your eyes. You might be crying. That's not not cool. Yeah. Um. I think this game is just interesting because you're gonna see all the. Crazy Lakers editions, you yeah, know. You Pierre, got, you your see, boy. You got to see Lance Stevenson and LeBron on the same team. Yeah, ear blowing <laughs> from next next to each other. Yeah, ear blowing on the bench. You get to see <laughs> non playoff Rondo. You get to see Shaq and a full MVP Javale McGee. Classic Pierre. Yeah, you and get to see Luke the weird Walton. youth. You get to see Luke Walton, who's I don't think is a good coach. He was in the same draft as LeBron, and is now LeBron is uh, his his star. So that's. An odd storyline, but I mean, weird power dynamic for sure. Correct. It's LeBron's team. Everyone knows it. When hasn't it been? That's true. Um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. You, you don't know the minutes and the blah 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 and the this and the inner workings of the Lakers' uh, mess of players. So I'm not gonna predict a win or a loss. I think the Kings are gonna come out. Have it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good test for the the young players, for the Harry Giles, for the Marvin Bag. Um, just to play against those veterans. Yeah. Um, Get some non-summer league minutes. Correct. See what an actual NBA game is like. And get kind of a feel for the flow of the game and the, the next level. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to re- like renew the rivalry, which it, it was never, you know. I mean, let's be real. Our rivalry is really with the refs. Yeah, that's That's, that's the big one. Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see how they play. Staples is... Every once in a while, a hostile atmosphere. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be too too crazy, but you know, with LeBron out there and the fans might be going wild. Talking about a hostile atmosphere, we're off on Friday to Seattle, Key Arena, crumbling Key <laughs> Arena, to face our biggest rivals, Demarcus Cousin on the bench, and the Golden State Warriors. We play in Key Arena in Seattle in this neutral site preseason game, which will see a lot of Seattleans, Seattleites, Seattleites out in full effect. Key Arena was just given uh, the seven hundred million dollar gift for a, a renovation in preparation for this NHL team they believe is coming. Yeah. So basically. The, the NHL is voting to expand a team to Seattle. This, with interviews with their commissioner, Gary Bettman. Boo! It sh- it sh- it, it, the team's coming. I mean, one way or another. Obviously, the market's huge. And I guess the, the new hockey team just fuels the fire as far as the basketball expansion. The arguments for the basketball expansion. Um, the league has stated they're not going to play in Key Arena. The $700 million is basically a complete overhaul 
But I still think it's a few years till there's basketball back in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Well, I mean, there already is with the Trailblazers, but they're irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, Seattle is the Bruno Caboclo of cities. <laughs> two years away from being two years away. Um, another Sacramento veteran, Bruno Caboclo. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Seattle is a beautiful city for the first 25 minutes you're there. Wonderful town. It's like Vancouver, but worse. So, so uh, somehow. Yeah. Well, we'll, we're trying to be in attendance to that game. Oh, we're going. I mean, if the tickets aren't a million dollars, but we'll be there. Look for our sign in the crowd. It'll be on ESPN. Yeah, this is a this is an ESPN game. This is we have we looked it up. We know the fact. We have as many preseason nationally televised games as we do regular season nationally televised games. A real disgrace. Yeah, I mean, there's like we got players that the people want to see. They might just not know it yet, but they oh. want to see these players. Yeah, I mean, when Bagley's gonna be going for 15 points, eight boards a night. By his third month in the league, they're going to be throwing us on the ESPN in that late game yeah, at least twice a year. Yeah, I mean, as as far as breaking down this game, obviously we're not going to see Demarcus, but we're fixing to see the other four Hall of Fame starters um, for at least ten minutes. Yeah, they'll get 10, 15 minutes. I I'm you know I'm excited to boo the hell out of them. So that's what that's about the big Hall of Fame bench players too? That's true, dude. You mean what about the Hall of Fame coach and? Yeah, the Hall of Fame front office. Almost the winningest coach in history at this point. With, what, how many titles is it? Ten? Eleven? Oh, yeah, oh, Steve Kerr with, what, like... Ten rings? Yeah, so, like, dudes got, like, 9% of all NBA championships. Something crazy like that. One of those facts and figures that keep you tuned in. As a player, Steve Kerr had five championships and three as a coach so far. He's on pace to be up there with the greats, Red Auerbach, Bill Russell, the real greatest of all time. Yeah, debate. In terms of rings. Yeah, I think, again, this is going to be odd. You know, you get Kevin Durant coming back to Seattle, you get basketball in Seattle. I think it's just going to be fun for the whole family. Yeah, that's, that's basically the first week. And for Kings fans, it's a glimpse into our greatest nightmare. Yeah. The Kings in Seattle. Thank Vivek that didn't happen. Yeah, but now Vivek, you can stop trying to be a GM. Correct. All right. Let's move on. Next up, we have our 10 questions to define the season. Both of us came up with five questions each to that, that we think would be interesting or funny or just relevant to the King season. Things that are intriguing and make us think about what we're really th- expecting out of this season. Correct. So we'll go back and forth. I'll, I'll go first. So, the half-Greek freak. This question is directed towards you, as there is no one else in the room. Who would you give away on the current roster for a first-round pick, as we do not currently own our first-round pick? I mean, definitely a lot of people. Uh, I'm talking big names, dude. Big, big ballers. I mean, according to Dave, Ben McLemore, big name apparently now. Yeah. But realistically, I'd probably give away Trill for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean... No new contract. If, yeah. Uh, if, if that's the, the route we're taking. That's, that's going to be the toughest part. Nobody's going to take a one-year rental on a player who hasn't really 
established himself for a first round pick. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Belitza. That's about pneumonia, dude. Not belly. Yeah, or even Yogi Ferrell. I mean, Yogi's a great player. Um, but some of the old farts. The problem is, who's gonna want somebody like Costa Kufis or Zebo in two steps away from his grave? That's. I mean, I'd love to give him away, but the problem is, there's no market for him. All right. Well, I mean, I I agree with 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 that last point. I think. I mean. There's always a market for for a vet, so we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see as the time comes. Um, my first question to you, how big of a deal do you think Bogdan's knee injury is? How do you think it affects the rotations going into the season? Um, and how would something like Buddy having a breakout month affect Bogey's playtime when he gets back? Yeah, that's, that's definitely interesting. I think... The knee injury hurts in the sense where he's not there at the camp, at camp working with, I mean, the team, the new players, getting in the rhythm, I mean, like the sets, getting getting everything squared away. Understanding tendencies. Correct. You know? I think it definitely hurts in the preseason. Where it's like, I'm not the biggest fan of the preseason because, you know, it's kind of like this thin veil of, of uh, a, a real game where it's the minutes are off and, you know... At, there's the whole fourth quarter's garbage time, and so I think it, it hurts in, in just the the from a consistency standpoint, where you know you get all your bugs and jitters out in camp and preseason, and then by the second week you're good to go of the regular season. So I think I think his knee's gonna be fine. I think the guy's phenomenal. I love the way he commands the team on the floor. But also, he can defer to you know De'Aaron if if he really wants to to push the pace. Like I said, I think his knee's gonna be fine. I think as far as the minutes and the rotation, I think Buddy's gonna come out. I'm still not a hundred percent on Buddy Hill, but I think he's gonna come out and and play pretty well. I think the one thing I'm looking for from Buddy is some defensive improvement. Obviously, the dude's a knockdown shooter, great shooter. I think what's gonna hurt most for Bogdan is the short memory kind of deal where people are going to see, I mean, fans, coaches, front office, they're going to see Buddy come out and play well, and they're not going to remember the vast success that Bogdan had last year for for a few months, and or not months, weeks. And so that's going to delay his season, you know, a little more. It's one of those things where he is a great player. He'll figure it out. Um, I don't think we have to worry too much. On, on that note, I think his biggest strength that he has over a guy like Buddy is that he can play the three relatively well. Yeah. Our biggest shortage on the court for sure. Yeah, I that that's true. I mean, well, yeah, so I, I think, think I think he'll he'll be fine minutes wise. It's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, like basically to sum up all of the incoherent rambling I just spewed. I think it's going to hurt the chemistry with the team initially. I think the play of the other players is going to overshadow his return. And I think it won't be until mid-November, late November, until we see the Serbian sniper of last year. Okay, so this was just a, a hypothetical, I mean, I guess they all are, question for you. If you could only save four players in an expansion or a disaster draft, 
when uh, Boogie takes down the Warriors jet. Yeah. Coming back from All-Star break. Yeah, if you could only say four of the Kings players, who are they, why, and uh, yeah. Off the top of my head, I mean, really, it's pretty easy. I think the four that I'd save, De'Aaron for sure. Our number two overall pick, Marvin Bagley the third for sure. Harry Giles, probably for sure as well. And this fourth spot is tough. Justin Jackson, De- uh, Buddy Buddy Heald, Bogdan, and Frank Mason are all older players. All did multiple years in college or overseas. But I think the one that fits our timeline better, hot take in Ben's world, would be Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love Bogdan, I think Buddy fits the timeline. His play style works really well with De'Aaron, being able to run the court, being able to spot up, um, spaces the floor really well, just as well as Bogdan does. But I think that he's just on a better time timeline compared to Bogdan, even if it's just by a year or two. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really hot take over here, but what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I don't know. I, I love Harry Giles. I love what the dude's got going on. I just don't know if I'd, I'd put that much stock. If I mean, if you only had to keep four players into a dude that's had multiple knee injury, surgery, and has never played a minute, I think I would pick De'Aaron. Bagley's tough. I mean, you got to give him some credit. He's number two overall pick. Keep him. I, I would keep... Buddy and Bogdan, I would I would say, yeah. The Bahamian Bombardier, the Serbian Sniper, Foxy Grandpa, and Secure the Bagley. Yeah, that that's those are all valid points. I just um I just think the timeline on both Bagley and Giles really line up well with De'Aaron. Um, but you're you're right. Those knee surgeries are worrying, and really, if you ask us this question again. January 1st or at the All-Star break really could be a completely different set of question or answers. Yeah, I think you might say Kufus and Willie Trill. Who knows? Yeah. So knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, my next question for you, how long does it take for Bagley to develop that right hand? As we saw in the preseason, mm. he's somewhat one-dimensional when he goes to that back down when he's working in the post which led to big struggle against a guy like Jordan Bell, who by no means is an all-star or even near that, but probably an average, maybe slightly below average defender. Yeah, I think it was definitely a weak point, uh, a standout weak point in Bagley's game. I think it's going to take him a while. I I would even go for the whole first season – I think is going to be a complete learning process as it always is for the for the rookies. I think he's going to have some success on plays where you know he's getting that second rebound, just basically like not garbage points, but just points that aren't that he is not creating himself. Pretty easy. I mean, pick and rolls and correct. things things where he's going to be able to feast just based on athleticism. I, correct. I think, and that's going to hinder. The way the Kings are playing might hinder his development with both hands because we're not necessarily going to play through him in a half-court set, you know, 
on every well, on every possession. I mean, hopefully we're not even going to them in the block that often. Cur- that's what I'm saying at all. I think just an old way of basketball. It's pretty out of date nowadays. And I, I mean, it it works if you got the personnel, but he's not the. I mean, he's not that type of player. And, and it, so I mean, even when it does work, it doesn't set you up for long term success. Just look at Dwight Howard. He's yeah, I mean in a feud with Shaq. Yeah, great player. Probably one of the all time greats. To uh, I mean. When he was at the top of his game. Yeah, definitely one of the greatest out of uh, high school players. Yeah, and I mean, even those early years with the Orlando Magic was insanely dominant. But he just didn't really have much outside of that. And then they phased it to a faster game and he really got somewhat phased out of the league. Yeah, to get to get back on track to answer the question directly, I think this whole the whole season, I don't think Bagley's right hand is going to be... Anywhere close to perfected. All right, this next this next question is kind of I mean I thought it was interesting at least. If you had to predict a king's jersey to buy based on who will stay the longest, who is it? And I mean, I have an opinion. What do you think? I think I mean I mine's a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. I already have this jersey. Um, it's your boy De'Aaron Fox. He I mean just the other day GQ Dave said. He is our star player. He's going to be our centerpiece that we're going to be building around. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be here for the long haul, hopefully. I, I really like the way he plays. Really exciting player. Super clutch. Really fun to watch. Uh, what about you? What, what, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think my head says De'Aaron, but my heart says Bogdan. You, we'll can't, you can't really go wrong with the other of those two. Yeah, great jerseys. Bogdanovich. Great last name. We'll see. Plus, they look good in the uh, in the city, the baby blue city edition. Yeah, hopefully we're bringing those back this year. Those are pretty Apparently sad. we might get new city editions. And unfortunate that they only sold them in Buddy Love last year. But uh, a really beautiful jersey. So, uh, my next question. Do you think De'Aaron will improve his true shooting percentage this year? And if so, by how much? I mean, last year he struggled a little bit and shot 47% or almost 48 true shooting, which if you don't know is two-pointers are weighted the same and three-pointers are weighted 1.5 times, basically making everything worth one point as well as free throws being worth a half. So you take, take that, average it out. Yeah, this is one of those classic things where does do the stats overshadow the eye test? I think it'll his true shooting will improve just from the limited time in summer league. The dude commanded the floor. I don't know if I want it to necessarily improve because of, you know, jump shots and three-pointers. I think this dude can get to the rim, and I, I want that to continue happening. If Where it really matters is late in games, and I think, I mean, obviously his field goal percentage is way up in that department. It's his second year. I don't think he's gonna sophomore slump. I think he's gonna get get uh, improve. I don't know get if he's more buckets. Correct. I don't know if he's gonna improve with the f- true field goal dramatically. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna say three percentage points. All right. Yeah. Right around that fifty-one percent. That's not a bad not a bad spot to be. Moving on to our lightning round. My first question for the lightning round: Does Harry Giles expand his range and show off that three-point stroke? That he teased us with in college and in the summer league. Yeah, I mean, I think he will. 
I think it's going to be tough in the beginning of the season. He just has to stick with it because obviously it's a faster game. It's a tougher game. And mentally, physically, if he misses, you know, a few shots, it's one of those keep shooting kind of things. We're a young team. Keep shooting. Wins don't really matter too much. Pull the trigger. Go ahead. All right. If you were bar hopping in downtown Sac, how many blocks would you run to get a Bodon Bogdanovich autograph? Uh, probably about 12. I mean, further than that, it's getting a little far, but 12 blocks is, you know, not too bad. Yeah. See, this, this question actually came up because I was, I was downtown Sac having, having the time of my life as, as we do. Um, and I heard that Buddy Heald was at this bar that I, four blocks for Buddy that I have attended before. And I did not. I did not make the six-block sprint to see Buddy Heald. Would I make the six-block sprint for Bogey? 100%. Moving on. Uh, my next question. Recently, the Kings came out with an article on their website. Sacramento fans, as we know, greatest fans in the world. They've created the fourth-best atmosphere for a home team. And we have the fourth-best home court advantage in the league. How much do you think... Us rowdy Kings fans really affect the games played. I don't know. This is a tough one. I want to say we Im- impact every facet of the game, but I think where we really come in is when when Slamson's on those uh, on those stilts and he's got those big thunderclap sticks. You know, everybody's got their cowbells and, out, and it's yeah, the cowbells, and it's our fourth quarter, our quarter. I think we make. Um, a tremendous impact, and I, I think, I don't know if they're just saying it, but the players enjoy it. So, I, I would go as far as to say that we are number one in home court advantage. Oracle Arena is pretty good, but it's no Golden One Center. That's true. And finally, what is your last question of the lightning round? If you could sit down, have a drink, talk life, talk basketball, with one player on the current roster, who is it and why? Probably the player that's lived the most, Zach Randolph, been around the league, don't speak the language. He's been really a, a, a namestay in basketball for almost 20 years now. Plus, the, the dude's off-the-court life is interesting as hell. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that some other time, but really great player, really interesting man, played with a bunch of renowned talent, and really, really just... An overall really interesting guy. It would be great to grab a drink with him. Yeah, I think I I would say the one thing about Zebo that's interesting to me is the dude has been in the league for such an odd period of time where when he starts off in the, you know, the early 2000s, the league is a completely different landscape. He he was a player that, that was sought after for his play style. And then you go through the era of the Celtics big three and the heat big three and the Warriors nonsense that they got going. And it's just a completely different league. And I would like to hear his thoughts on that. Um, so yeah, that's a good answer. I, I would say another interesting one is not even a player is GQ Dave. Oh, I, yeah. I want to hear what he's got to say. That was kind of cheating. Cause I asked you player and then I said coach, <laughs> but I think, I just want to know what he's up to. I want to pick his brain. 
Yeah, and even if you could include players from last season, Vince Carter, oh, another that, great that one. That was a, a, a definite. I just, now that he's not on the team, I... It's just RIP. Yeah. Dead to us now, Vince. Anyway, that's it for this week's 10 questions to define the season in our Sacramento Kings. And Up next, everyone's favorite segment, Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. Coming to you live from Dirty Dan's Bedroom. We are here with an extremely hungover and possibly naked Daniel Archer for Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. Okay, here's the question. I'm going to give you five names, and you're going to pick who wins Rookie of the Year. All right. DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley III, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, or Ben Simmons? I'm going to have to go with uh, the latter, the Ben Simmons, because of uh, his uh, his simple name. Okay. Well, that's impossible. <laughs> because he's... <laughs> he won last year after being a second-year player. Uh, anyway, for next week, please send us your questions. And for Dan, send us your hangover cures and ways to get stains out of carpets. Email us at kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.